Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from David Craig. As an associate pastor and music director at Springs Church, David knows how to help people connect with God's Word in a powerful way. Known for his engaging preaching style, he uses life experiences to illustrate truths from the Bible. And now, David Craig will walk through Scripture and explore the power that speaking God's promises has on your mind. Let's dive into the message. So I just learned yesterday that exfoliating isn't a garden term. Let me explain why I learned this or what happened is my wife and I, we were on vacation for the last little bit. We just got back yesterday. And we could literally, we come from like a, a humid, hot place, and we could feel our skin like aging on the airplane the closer we got to Calgary. I could literally see cracks start coming up my hand and, and going through my whole body. And I'm asking my wife, like, what do I do? So I don't like get super itchy for the first week and like flake off and all that kind of stuff, right? And she tells me the term exfoliate and moisturize, right? And I was like, what does gardening have to do with my skin? <laughs> so she tells me, she goes and she, and she explains what it actually is and there's different ways you can exfoliate. And she told me this process of, of exfoliate lightly and then you moisturize and just repeat. If, you do, if I do the work, in theory, my skin should be good for like a long time, I would think. So it's a simple process of, of exfoliate, moisturize, repeat. Exfoliate, moisturize, repeat. And one thing I've been personally reading and studying a lot lately, I've, I've been focusing on Psalm 91. Um, have you guys read Psalm 91? It's probably the most memorized psalm besides Psalm 23. And it, basically, it's God's promises of protection over our life, not just physical harm, but, but actually the whole psalm hits every single area of our life. And I believe that as Christians, we have a whole Bible full of God's promises. God, God's word is God. It is what he says. It is who he is. If you want to know who Jesus is, all you need to do is know his word. God has promises that he has already set for us and that they are yes and amen. They are not things that are a maybe. They are not things that could potentially happen or if you do the right amount of things, it's going to happen. No, they are yes and they are available for the believer. If you set your eyes on Jesus and believe in him, his promises are there for you for the taking. They are ready to be harvested in the moment at every single present moment you are in. They are ready for you. And I believe, though, that there's a lot of Christians who aren't following through and actually accessing God's promises. They, they, they stop at a certain point, and, and, and they don't actually take advantage of the free gift that God has given us, that he wants us to run with. He wants us to live our lives through. There is a simple, simple process us as Christians have to follow when it comes to God's promises. And all it simply is, is believe, speak, and repeat. It's simple because God's word is so powerful, but I believe a lot of us think that we understand it, think that we believe it on our heart, but we don't take the step of actually speaking the word forth so it comes into action. Because your words are, are more than just communication. Your words are actually for creation in your life. 
You speak what you want to see. You speak what you want to get accomplished in your life. You speak the, the, the atmosphere and the culture you want in your life and your family. When God designed and God created the heavens and the earth, you know, in the beginning it says God saw that there was darkness. Seeing means he acknowledges that there is darkness. But he doesn't go and start saying, oh man, it is so dark today. It is too dark. Why is there so much? He didn't even go down the route of talking about what the problem was. He literally said, light be, right? He spoke it into existence, something he wanted to see. And, we, and God has bestowed the power that when it comes to his promises and his word, when we speak his promises over our life in any area, is that it will be when you believe. So we're going to take apart... And, you know, and actually, I think Psalm 91 is, is extremely important um, in, in the time that we live in. The Bible talks about that, that the world that we live in is, is growing darker and it's growing darker. And this is not a, a gloom and doom message at all. It's just the fact that the world we live in is constantly changing and it's evolving. And there seems to be uh, more and more time where man becomes a lover of themselves. And, and there's this no, no, longer, no longer honoring spirits. And, and there's... Um, tons of danger and, and tons of uh, rumors of, of nuclear war, and you have all this stuff that goes on. I think that in such perilous times in our life, us as Christians, we need to rely on put our trust in God because even though that all these things might be happening around us or simply when we're driving or our family want our kids to be safe or if we're traveling on an airplane or whatever, is that we, these things are around us, but that does not mean they have to happen to us. So Psalm 91 is absolutely beautiful, and we're going to read it together. If you have your Bibles, open to Psalm 91. All right, verse 1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Is that not beautiful? Could you imagine hearing a beautiful word? And it happens, I would think, every single Sunday around the world in, in churches. People hear God's word. Hears pro they hear promises being spoken. They hear things that can help benefit their life. But it does not profit them throughout the week. It stops short at the Sunday. And I believe that there's the, the massive step that is being missed there is the fact that we are not partnering with, it fa with faith. It says not being mixed with faith. You see, faith isn't just a simple act of believing in our heart and just it's all good, it's actually the outward action of acting upon it, of moving with it. And I believe that when we speak it, it is a vital portion of acting on our faith. If you believe it but don't speak it, I'm going to say that you don't believe it, right? 
I can show my wife love, and, and on the inside, I can know, I can, oh, I love her so much, and my heart feels like it's bursting in love, but I never go ahead and speak it, is that then you probably would say, okay, that guy's got an issue. There's some sort of, he's ashamed of her. Maybe he doesn't actually love her. All this other stuff moves in because you're not acting on the feelings or the faith in the, in the Bible case that we have inside of us. You have to speak God's word in your life. So what situation are you going through? What situation do you know that you want to see some change in, but yet you're not actually speaking to it? You're actually more focusing on the problem, focusing on the stuff that's going around it, or maybe you're focusing on solutions that is your solutions, things that you can do to recover. Maybe there's something, maybe finances are a little tight, and, you're, and your first step is, okay, what extra job can I get? What, what can I do here? How can, what can I sell from my house to get some extra money? Your first steps are always these horizontal things that you can do on your own strength and that when you're striving to get this stuff done, when really your first, your first response should be speaking to your situation, speaking God's promises over your finances, over your life, over your marriage, so that God will begin to work. And, and not only does he begin to work when you speak, but when you, it changes your perception on what God can do for you. Because often our perspective gets way out, <clears throat> gets way out of whack when we're, when we're not focusing on God's word. So what are you speaking? Because believing begins on the inside, and then faith is the outward action of acting upon that belief. So can you, you might ask the question, can you just believe something without, well, without speaking it? I'm going to say, no, you can't. you got to speak it. Speak God's word over your life. Speak God's word. Because if you look at Romans 10, verse 9, I love this verse. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You notice how it's the confession along with the believing? It's not one or the other. It is a combination. Mark eleven twenty three. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he said, it will be done. He will have whatever he says. Do you notice how much there is of this believing and this speaking? Believing and speaking. They go hand in hand. If you think you believe but you're not speaking, you're not believing. Your faith is actually falling dead because there's, it's not faith. It's, it's sticking on hope. So when you got to believe, you look at 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. I believe that you have to believe, speak, and repeat this process continually in your life in each area that you want to see it. You want to see growth. You want to see change. See, there's this battle our mind has that always as humans, our mind is naturally going to shift back to doubt. It's naturally going to shift back to different areas. And that might be the enemy. That might be Satan planting thoughts in your mind saying, you can't do this, or that sickness will never leave you, or these things might, might thoughts might be bombarding you. But just so you know, that just because you have a thought jump in your mind does not mean that it's something that you believe. But when you, start, when you start focusing and those thoughts start reoccurring and you start giving those dominion in your mind, you start saying, though, how many times have we all said things that we hear, oh man, this leg is just killing me. It's, uh, it's never going to get healed. It's never, I, my bum and knee. How, how, much, how often do we go and we speak on the problem and speak that out loud? Yeah. Those words begin as a thought in our mind. And if you give it dominion, if you give it, if you give it uh, a priority in your life by speaking it, then it moves from a thought in your mind to where it actually becomes a belief in your heart. 
See, there's no harm in having those thoughts come in your head because I know at least in my, in my head I have some crazy thoughts that pop up on, on the daily, right? It happens, but it depends on what you do with those thoughts. Are you going to let them speak? Are you going to let them minister to you? Are you going to let those bad thoughts minister to you to the point where now you start believing it and it becomes a deep-seated belief that now God, um, maybe he won't heal you, Right? See how easy it can go from being one simple thought? But instead, when those thoughts come to mind, that's the point that when you got to speak against those thoughts and counter it with God's word. See, the thing with Satan, when he speaks to you, he is a liar. Any thought that comes from him, I will bet you that the opposite is actually true. So if he goes and says, you know what, you're, you're going to fail. You're, you're, let's say you're starting a new business venture. And you know what? You're going to fail. Why are you doing this? Like, it, might, it might even come in the form of, oh, you should reanalyze everything you're doing because there's probably something in there that you missed, right? There's wisdom. That I, I'm not talking from a wisdom perspective today. Let's just put it as a bottom line fact. You apply wisdom to every situation and follow God's word on that. That's the standard. I'm not going to come back to that. But when you've done your due diligence and you'll say you're ready to move, all of a sudden these thoughts start bombarding your mind. Okay, maybe you've missed something. All these doubts can start coming. And they say, you're going to fail. You're going to fail in this. But when that happens and you have thoughts like that come to your mind, you speak the opposite. You go, you know what, Satan? I am more than a conqueror. God has set me apart and he is on my side. If he is for me, who can be against me, right? God's word will go and counteract and that thought immediately leaves and you start repeating that saying God I believe that with you being with me who can be against me maybe you're moving into a, a, a meeting with executives on, on your company or maybe you have to go to this whatever you're trying to do and you really feel like I God I don't know if I'm going to succeed or I don't know where I'm going to go start speaking his word I am more than a conqueror Christ lives in me he who is who lives in me is greater than he who lives in the world all these all these promises you got to start speaking into your life. He might say to you, well, you know, you're such a loser. You can't defeat this sin. You can't defeat this habit you keep falling back into. And you know what? Then you can go ahead and say, you know what? God has placed and he is he has placed and ordained all of my days. He has set me apart. He knows every single hair on my head. He loves me. He is divine. He has created divine purpose in me. He has brought all of these things into me. He has created me a winner. He has put me above and beyond all these promises you can start to speak through your life. When he says you are nothing, just come back and say, you know, I, am, I am something. <laughs> I am something. You know, he says that you, you might have depression. He says this depression is never going to leave. And you can start praising God and saying, God, I thank you that your healing is flowing through my body. And I thank you that your healing and this depression is falling off of me right now in Jesus' name. Every single thought that comes against you is meant to steal, to kill, or destroy you. Satan is coming because you have such a divine purpose. You have so much potential. God has ordained you to literally make an impact on the community and the world that you live in. Every one of you has got such unique potentials. And Satan is so desperate to try to stop everyone from achieving their true potential. And that's why he will bombard you. He has no power to do anything. If he had power to hurt you, to kill you, you would be dead already. Right? If he had that power, it would have been done. Why would he let you go along even longer? But he has zero power. Jesus has defeated him, has stomped him. He is such a little weakling. He's got nothing. Only thing he can do is try to manipulate your power that God has given you in your life. And that comes in the form of your thoughts by keeping you strapped down because of the thoughts you have. So if he's coming in and putting thoughts in your mind, counter, speak God's promises. We're going to jump back here to Psalm 91. because I think this is so vital. It's he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. 
by what does it mean to dwell in the shelter? It means, I believe, being close proximity, to be close with God, to be around him, to be in constant communication with him, to be dwelling. If you're dwelling in someone's house, you are in the same area. You are, you are doing life with them. You are around them. You have to dwell within God. You know, there's a lot of believers that have access to God's promises but aren't walking in God's promises. And this whole psalm is, is, I believe it's a beautiful psalm about protection in all areas. And I believe there's a lot of Christians who aren't walking. They love Jesus and they've secured heaven, but they aren't walking in God's protection because they haven't been dwelling within God. They haven't been dwelling around Him. It says He will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I love the term rest, right? to be resting. You don't have to be, as I mentioned earlier, striving in your life and what you're doing and trying to get it done on your own accord and working tirelessly and, and, and keep on going. And you're striving. And I believe there's a certain point in our grace where we can change that striving into striding, where it becomes a nice, easy motion. You can rest because you're doing life with God and God's got your back. Verse two, I will say of the Lord, notice the word speaking here, I will say, what are you saying of the Lord? Are you saying that he is your, your refuge? Are you saying that he is your fortress? Are you saying, God, I will trust you no matter what? I love the terms of refuge and fortress. A refuge, the Hebrew word here, actually describes a shelter from a storm. A, a shelter you can go into for a short period of time. So if things are coming at you, man, you can go under God and you can get shelter in him. He will protect you. He will keep you safe. But he also paints a picture of a fortress. Now, the a fortress is built, if you go back into the 1300s, and let's go into Rome, or let's go into England, actually, when they would build castles and giant fortresses, these things were there to withstand heavy, heavy attacks over a long period of time. So whatever you're going through, whether it's short or whether it's long, you, what are you saying of the Lord? Because he is your refuge. He is your fortress. You are, if you are in close proximity with him, he will be all that for you. It says, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Now, fowler, if you don't know what a, a fowler is, is basically a bird trap. It would, and I think it's, it's, it's setting here showing that Satan will set little traps, little mind games that you can fall into and you can start falling. So he will save you from the fowler's snare or from the deadly pestilence. Pestilence is disease. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge, where you don't have to worry about protecting yourself. You just simply trust in God, and he has your back. You will not, and I love this next verse, because it talks about a 24-7 protection. Not simply just uh, when you're awake or when you're sleeping. It says here that you will not fear the terror by night. So you can, you can sleep sound knowing God's got your back, God's your family's back, he has your kids back, there is protection around you wherever you go. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Now, I don't think this is specifically referring to a bow and arrow. That's, we don't see that too often flying through our streets these days. I actually think it's a foreshadow of, of, of warfare and countries and missiles and that kind of stuff. You do not have to fear the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Now, I don't know if someone's got a fear about this, but the pestilence that stalks in darkness. Have you ever seen people or known someone who seemed to be as healthy as, as can be, maybe 50 or 60, and as healthy as can be, and also know they might be running all the time, doing different things, all of a sudden they just drop dead, right? 
This is, this is what the Bible is referring to. They, they had a disease that was in their body that no one detected that came out of nowhere and took them out. And I love that it says here that you do not have to fear pestilence that stalks in the darkness. So if you have a fear that thing, well, am I healthy? Is there something going on in my body? You don't have to fear that because it's talking about health. It's talking about life. His Psalm 91 refers to this as well, not just physical protection, but also from, you, from pestilence that can hit you. And I love this one part because Satan will work this way. You, let's say this for an example. Let's say you're, um, I was talking to my, da my dad this past week. Uh, he's late 50s, healthy guy, working, worked for a long time. And he knew of someone who was his exact age that literally just dropped dead from a heart attack. And I kind of put things into perspective a little bit for him, thinking, wow, that's my age. He's, he started to kind of feel it a bit more personal, a little more close to home. And this is what I believe Satan will do, is at these moments he'll say, see that guy? Why won't that happen to you, Right? And it starts planting these thoughts, the, start planting these things that can happen. And we don't know people's stories about what happens with their belief, if they're a, if they're a believer and that happened. We cannot judge their situation because we have no idea truly what they believe on the inside. We can only judge according ourselves to according to God's standards. So we can, I don't want, side note, don't ever fall into thinking, why did that person not get a miracle? What happened there? We cannot judge what was going on there. But the verse here says that a thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand, meaning people who are close to you, people who are around you. People might be of the same age and same build and same health as you. You might be seeing these other people, but it will not come near you. Come on, that's a promise that we can hold on to, is that there might be destruction happening around us, but as a child of God and people who are dwelling in God's most high, is that this will not come near you whatsoever. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not even strike your foot against a stone. That just shows how much God cares for you, how much he loves you. He doesn't even want to give you to feel a little bit of pain of stubbing your toe on a rock. For he'll command his angels. My wife and I, we, we pray this quite often, actually. On, on the way home, we actually, it's strange, we were flying home yesterday, and the pilot came on, or the captain, and he said an uh, announcement about an hour out. And he was actually, you could tell there's fear in his voice, <laughs> which doesn't, like, evoke, like, confidence in the people flying. And he said, um, and it was a long message, and then like I'm, I'm listening, watching a movie, and Danielle's like tapping me. And what I heard him saying was, um, we're coming into Calgary, there's a lot more of, of heavy air that's coming over the mountains that we didn't expect. Pauses. It's going to be a pretty rough ride. We're going to suspend all services. He didn't say fasten your seatbelts, he said tighten your seatbelts. <laughs> okay? Like I'm wondering if I used to write a complaint about this guy. But... It, it, that's what he said. <coughs> so it's not uh, evoking confidence in us, right? Thoughts, your mind can quickly go in. And, and, and I know, it's, honestly, when it comes to turbulence, for me, it's, I feel like it's just like little potholes you're hitting when you're driving. But Danielle and I, like, Danielle is getting a little nervous. People, and people all around are getting nervous. You literally can see the, see the fear passing from person to person to person as people start talking, and, and, and they're focusing on the fear. And right in that moment, and I love my wife for this because her first response is always go back to the Word. She said, David, can you pray over us? 
prayer over us. And, and literally all, all we would say is, God, we thank you your angels are encamped around us. We thank you that your angels will lift, up, uh, lift us up. We thank you that this plane will be smooth. We thank you. I literally said we thank you your angels are smoothing this plane out, that we're going to have a good way. Or, and, and Danielle and I have a confidence knowing that it's not our time to go at all. And not that it was even that far, but we just know that when we have that confidence in God, he is our shelter, he is our refuge, he is our fortress. No harm can befall us. And I will tell you the truth in that there was barely a bump as we went home. So either this pilot was completely stupid or my God actually answers his prayers when we believe on him, right? And I believe that for you guys today as well. And I believe that wherever you go, whether you're, you're fearful for your children if they're out and they're hanging out with friends or you're, you're fearful for your husband as he's working or things that can push at you, what, is, what are you speaking to that situation? Because what you speak will determine what your outcome is. You literally should be able to say, God, I thank you that angels encamp around my kids as they drive for the first time by themselves. Help me, Lord, right? I thank you that they're encamped around. No harm shall befall them. I thank you for my husband. When he's at work, he might work a dangerous job, but your, your presence is around him. Your angels literally protect him. He is covered by your, your feathers and under his wings. He will find refuge. What are you speaking into your life? Because you have to call forth what you want to see in your life. You need to be, and, and one last thing is, you can't be reactive to situations. You can be. It's better to be proactive in situations. Speak God's words. Build a fortress around yourself. Build a fortress around your family. Build a fortress around your kids and your life, around your health, around every area. Because as we go forward, we do not live in a perfect world, and things can happen to people. And my greatest desire is I want to see all of you walk in God's protection 24-7. Not because you have to do a certain amount of things to earn it or to get it. God has already given it to you. All you have to do is put your faith in Him and speak His promises. Speak those things into existence in your life. Faith involves believing in your heart as well as speaking with your mouth. Words are not just for communication, but they are for creation. And I want to challenge you, and especially men, uh, I believe men, we have to take a stronger role in our families and in our society, is that you might think you have faith, but if you're not acting upon your faith, it is falling dead. It is a waste. It's a little harsh, but it's true. And if there are things you want to see in your life, things you want to see in your wife's life, in your kid's life, in your work, in your finances, in your health, Speak it into existence. Get used to the art of speaking these words into existence. When you're in the bathroom and you're getting ready in the morning, you got to get over this fear of, oh, what if my wife hears me? I'll sound stupid, right? I've been there. That's why I'm saying it. It's like you try to talk quietly. Now it's gone to a point where you do it so much is that it is normal and natural to be walking around, to be claiming God's promises for our life. And I believe that when you choose to speak and you choose to speak God's promises over life, you will feel this almost like this. You know when you're a kid and you're trying to fall asleep and there's a giant storm and you're getting so scared when you're tossing and turning your bed? My reaction was to get out of bed, run down the hall and go jump into mom and dad's bed, right? And where would you find yourself? Under the arm of your mom, under the arm of your dad. And what, within two or three minutes, you are in a sound sleep. What was terrorizing you earlier is no longer even an issue because you are found you found your place within your parents. And that's our place. And that's our, my desire for all of us to understand and have revelation that that is our place underneath God's arms is he wants to keep you close and protect you. So make sure you're speaking out God's promises over your life. 
Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like David Craig. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.